Hello, welcome to uh, the Thursday, November 9th edition of Hammerdown Racing Report, live from the uh, Ryan Miller Race Car Studio. Yes, sir, you finally got it right. I did. It's crazy. And you didn't okay. even stutter. No. Starting to figure it out. We got uh, a few shows in. Uh, good show for you tonight. We have uh, Casey Noonan, 2009 Oakshade Raceway late model champion in the studio with us. We'll be talking uh, about uh, some Noonan racing coming up later in the show. Some of his input on uh, what we can do to help contain the costs on racing. I'm sure Casey's got lots of ideas there. I know his dad does, and they share. All right. Uh, Ryan Miller Race Cars, of course, uh, studio sponsor. Give him a call, 734-856-RACE. That's it. And if somebody has a question for Casey tonight, they can call us on 419-214-0949. Wow. You remember, you got that by heart, didn't you? Pretty cool, huh? That was pretty cool. You, you thought I was just a pretty face. Yeah. Well, I never said that. I wouldn't go that far. Hey. Uh, you can join the conversation on our Facebook Live broadcast as well. If you have a comment or question, uh, go ahead and put that. Thanks, Riggs. He likes the placement of the logo. Oh. That means nothing to you guys, so uh, never mind. Let's start off uh, talking about racing this past weekend. Or not. There was a little bit. Fairfield ran, and uh, I was looking at the results, and it doesn't look like uh, very many cars were, were there. Scott, it was terrible. Was it the weather, or was it lack of promotion for that? I, I think it uh, weather had a lot to do with it. Uh, Eric Spangler came down with his late model. Uh, which was pretty brave on his part looking at the weather. Uh, he won the, the late model portion of it. Halloween uh, Havoc. Yeah. Hats off to uh, Jeff Robertson run, running second. Uh, his best finish probably ever in a late model. Um, and uh, finished, I believe, third in their late model points. So th that was pretty good for them. Yeah, I believe they had a total of four late models for this race. For this, weekend. actually, there were six cars. Were that there six? Six cars. That there was four in the results. Correct. Six cars checked in. One left early uh, with a mechanical issue. Five cars were scheduled to run the heat race, and one of them scratched. Uh, and fortunately, all four of the cars that ran the heat race made, made the, the feature. feature. Yeah. yeah. And where were you? And where were you, Mr. Noonan? I, I was sitting at home with a race car ready to go. Um, all I had to do was pull the outlaw car out of the trailer, put the late model in. We were hooked up, ready to go, and I didn't. I was at a drag strip. Yeah. Watching kids run. No, Montpelier has rescheduled for two weeks from now. Yes, uh, and, yeah, and, that, and that he, was their second try at getting it. Bearfield ran during the day. They opened the gates at 10 and uh, started the racing at 1. They got their program in. And quite nicely. Montpelier was slated to start racing at 5, I do believe, and I guess they got all the heats in. They were just about ready to start uh, one of the B mains, and uh, then it rained, and they said, all right, we got to push it back again. And it's not going to be this weekend because I believe it's their It's uh, their banquet, award, yeah. Their award banquet. So they're racing after the award banquet. They're going to make that up on uh, the 18th. And I do believe they're starting off with a, a— It's a clean slate, brand-new show. So I might have to bring the Ocho back I was out. wondering if the Ocho was going to be there. I haven't touched it since uh, we got rained out at Fremont. So it's been sitting like, in the garage. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well, I was going to work on it this weekend, but the forecast is— I don't have a heated garage like some people— um, yeah, well, I, I'm telling you, there's so much metal in my garage that if, uh, if I don't keep it heated, it takes forever to warm up. 
I believe it. Well, other uh, finishers there, Bearfield, Danny Moore was the uh, winner of the Modifieds. They did have uh, just about a full field of uh, Modifieds there. I think there were 18. 18 cars, yeah. Sean Valeni with his uh, truck. He uh, was the winner for the Super Streets, 17 cars in that class, at least starting the feature or finishing the feature. Uh, Jason Fritz won the Bombers and Lauren Swanson uh, the four cylinders, where they only had they had four Bombers, six uh, four cylinders. Yeah. This is, uh, is this why we don't race this late in the season or? Well, I think – or just I think the by weather, a, just a just a whole bunch of bad circumstances, and and racers really aren't used to racing into November. Uh, it wasn't that many years ago that man Labor Day that that pulled the plug on most racetracks, but now a lot of tracks are getting a few shows in. Uh, October races are pretty common, and uh, yeah, and Montpelier middle of November now. It's uh, going to be uh, it's if they keep pushing it back, they're going to be challenging or going up against the hangover race on New Year's Day. Yeah, and uh, they're going to have to change the name from the Halloween Classic to... Uh, the Santa Super Race. Well, they're outrageously close to Thanksgiving. There you go. The Turkey Gobbler. Yeah. I'll go. And there are some races around the country on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, well, and there's some indoor races, too. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's pretty much all I got. Not much uh, racing going on around the area. I believe uh, Milan's been having some testing tunes. They got a couple more this weekend before they uh, call it a, a year. I think Sunday's the final event up there. So, Did you hear about uh, Tony Stewart? Talking about running some, let's see, nationwide turned Xfinity races there you go. in 2018. Yeah, he's interested in, uh, I guess, uh, during the announcement, of, he kind of stole the thunder from the announcement of Eric Amarola uh, driving for uh, in, driving the 10 car, taking over the uh, the ride from Danica there. And After uh, she was fired? Yeah. It's hard to believe, as, as well as she's performed in that car, that they let her go. And what, what has Eric really done? Has he really accomplished much? That's another recycled driver. It's what NASCAR is famous for. Maybe he's got a lot of potential. What do you think, Casey? Could be. <laughs> uh, you never know. You never know. All right. Well, anyways, uh, he mentioned something about uh, he was interested in uh, running some of the road courses. Uh, I believe there was talk about even doing the, the Chicago or the Chicago, the Charlotte uh, Roval, that new course they're going to be running right. next year. Uh, he, actually, he sounded like he was pretty excited about that. Yeah, but from what I read, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen next year. It looks like uh, 2019, maybe. Maybe he, he was kind of he didn't really say anything concrete, so he just threw it out there. He's been running a, a relatively busy sprint car schedule, uh, hundred races. Yeah, that's that's busy enough. Yeah, having fun in a different kind of race car. I guess the reason one of the reasons he left uh, NASCAR was because of the uh, the aero packages and uh, you know how it took took away from the the engineering took away from the driver ability so that yeah. and that's why he likes the the road courses you know it's kind of funny is because that similar to the late model we, issue? we've been complaining about that same issue with late models and uh once we get casey on board here we'll uh see, right. see what his thoughts are on that well uh we'll wrap this up here kevin harvick he won at texas and uh he is in uh, for a chance at the championship along with Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, which leaves one position still to be determined uh, for the four drivers that will be competing for the championship at Homestead. And that uh, final driver will be determined this weekend at Phoenix. One mile track, uh, 
kind of a short track. The, the guys are, it's going to be interesting. And uh, drivers that uh, will be fighting for that final spot include uh, Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, and Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Which one do you think is going to take it? The final spot, it's, not the championship. Obviously, it's it, it's going to take somebody winning the race to to get it to get in. I I don't think they're I don't think anybody is really poised to get in on points. Okay. One one of those one of those five is going to need to win. And that race starts at uh, two thirty. It's on NBC. You can also listen to it on the radio, one zero three seven CKY. Is that uh, NBC? National or NBC? NBC Channel 24 in the okay. Toledo area. Uh, I was actually reading a, an a interesting article I was eating tonight about uh, a possible doomsday scenario in, in the final race at Homestead with the new rules with if you crash, you're out. If all four drivers competing for the championship are in one big wreck, which and there's been lots of big wrecks, so it's a, it's a theoretical possibility, you know, then they're calling it the doomsday scenario where they would determine the champion by how they cross the line at the last lap completed, unless it's on the white flag lap when they look at their loops and camera replays. How do you think, how, how would that go over for leave, a championship? Leave, to it, leave it to NASCAR to really complicate the entire scenario. It, it's <laughs> Throw the green flag and let them race, boys. If, if they have to go in and fix their car, let them come back out. So yeah, there will, if if it did happen under previous rules, you know, all four of those drivers would be in the garage thrashing about, and, and whoever got back on the track first in their damaged car would probably be the champion. Up until and, ju- and I'd say they'd earn it. If up they until did just a like couple that. of years ago, about the only thing you weren't allowed to do in the pit or in the garage area was change an engine. You could do darn near anything else. You could fire up the welder, make any repairs you wanted, beat the body out, change a transmission, rear end, didn't matter. But you couldn't change an engine. Um, what was the reason that they they've gone to this? They you thought know? it'd save teams money. It, it would also eliminate the possibility of somebody coming back out on the track that wasn't really up to speed. Just but that's just what they have. That's what they have that minimum speed rule for. Absolutely. So that's why I was L- kind of wondering. Little you know, redundant, isn't it? A little bit. All right. Um, well, we're here. We have Casey Noonan in the studio. Uh, let's talk to him now. You had uh, a. I don't know. How would you consider your? Uh, how would you rate your 2017 season? Um, little below par, I guess. <laughs> More you expect. So, were you disappointed then? Um. Yeah, you can you can hit that button there. You not. cough, it'll turn off your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, we started off pretty good. Um. You run that first race at Mansfield, finished second. Run a few races at Attica early on. Did pretty decent there. We usually haven't been running there very well, so it was looking looking pretty good. In the, in the middle of the year, we got a lot of rainouts and just kind of never really got going until the end. And the middle of the year was real slow, and we didn't do very well in the in the middle. And then uh, the end, we finally got a keep couple, in mind couple that wins. not doing very well for Casey is like <laughs> third place. <laughs> well, high expectations. Yeah. yeah. So how did you Always. get how how did you get your start in racing? Oh uh, boy, my dad raced. Um, my dad raced dragsters. Uh, drag race for a while and then he bought a car and had somebody else drive for him for a couple of years and then he drove for a couple of years and then uh i got old enough to where i could drive i drove started sportsman raced that for two years and then uh jumped in a late model has been that ever since now has oak Chate always been your your home track yeah yep always what year was that you started in the sportsman 
I think 2000. So it's that would have been the year I started announcing out there. It's been a while. In, uh, that was 2000 in a sportsman, so probably 03 would have been your first late model season. Yeah, 0302, something like that. Yep. Yep. So you've been driving a late model for quite a while. Yeah, 15 years or so. So he knows a thing or two. Probably not as much as the uh, the head of knowledge over here, the professor. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> I was going to say the beard of knowledge, but you don't have a beard. No, I, I was, you have to grow I was one considering no shave November, but yeah. So what uh, What do you consider your biggest uh, your biggest win? Probably the first win we had at Eldora oh, a few years back, and then that and also Barney Hillfield for somewhere on that one. Hopefully hopefully not the last, but the first. Okay. So. What, what do you – is that your? Would you consider those uh, wins as your greatest accomplishment as well in your racing career? Or is something yeah. you've achieved? Yeah, uh, the first, probably the first win at Eldora was probably the the best one so far. And why is that? Uh, it, just it's because Eldora, it's, it's, Eldora. it's Eldora, yeah. <laughs> Duh. That was that. Was uh, Stewart the owner of that when you won, or was Earl yeah. still around? I'm per, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Tony then. There's a lot of there was a lot of good cars there that night, so it was a pretty big deal. I think we passed McCready for the lead. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> He's got that lens. Like, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. You know, uh, a lot of our listeners aren't Oakshade regulars, and uh, Casey was talking about the Barney Oldfield. That is a really big deal. It's it's always pulled a lot of good racers, and uh, winning that's a, a real big, big accomplishment. Yeah, winning just about any late model race at Oakshade for – any unregular night is a pretty big accomplishment uh, for the amount of cars, the amount of drivers you have to beat, and the skill level there. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody wants to join the conversation, give us a call four one nine two one four zero nine four nine. I might actually be watching the phones. Um, what's the uh, the furthest uh, track you've gone to to race at? Well, from your house. A few years ago, we went from to the Toledo area. We went to Florida a few years ago. So did you? East Bay, we ran East Bay. That was probably ten years ago, at least. February when, was, when they had the when they were running the Goodyear tires that was how long ago that was but was that the whole Speed Weeks deal? Uh, we ran all all the races at East Bay only. Yeah, yeah. We In did. February. Yep. Okay. Nothing at Volusia. No. And how was that? How'd you do? <sighs> not well, but that was before I would have expected to do well at one of those races. Oh. So East Bay is not my kind of a track. I wouldn't say just because it's more wide open and sideways and. I like more slow and smooth and slick and as a race. That's the first time I've heard a race car driver say, "I well, like it slow." Well, slick. I, <laughs> I typically do better on slick tracks than I do wide open tracks, just because I think that's what I'm used to. Why is that? Oak Motor shade, oak shades normally used to being slow and or not slow but slick more than not. So, where that, you? That's where driver talent comes into play. On the slick tracks, as opposed to the tacky tracks, where the motor is going to pull you. I remember that night uh, we had rain right before. Uh, this past season, and we ended up running. The track was wicked fast. Do you remember oh, where you my. finished that night? Uh, no. Yeah, I, I don't remember where I finished. It's still fun. Night. I mean, I, yeah, I like you were sitting I like up there announcing. You should know, Scott. After 17, 18 years, they all every <laughs> night just kind of blends together. They run together. I understand. Yeah. I'm not a Larry Jewett, or you know, that can compartmentalize all that. Yeah, that's it. And I'm okay with that. I'm fine. Yeah. You do a fine job. I appreciate We're, we're proud that. of you. All right. Um, so when did you uh, call it a season this year? Uh, our last race was uh, Eldora UMP Nationals. Okay. So, so beginning of uh, October. Yep. 
and you just packed it in. Well, I mean, you didn't want to race any other races, or kind of. We kind of wanted to get out and do a little testing, practice, and whatever before next year, but never really got a chance to. Weather really didn't cooperate too much, and we weren't really ready for it yet. So, uh, Justin Brown wants to know if uh, you're getting a new car. Uh, yeah, I am uh, getting a new Barry Wright Icon. There you go. Year. No XR1. Nope. No Rayburn. Nope. Hmm. Sticking so, with the Barry Wright. Well, you finished third in uh, ALMS points this year, so that that's pretty good accomplishment there. What's the highest you finished in in those points? Probably third. third? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next year, what are you are you gonna? Uh, you know, it's undecided. We same thing we always do. I think every year we kind of go out in the beginning of the year, pick a bunch of races we're gonna go to, and see how we're running. If we're running real good, we'll go out to some more, and if we're not, we'll probably stay a little closer to home. It depends on. How things go normally. So no predetermined uh, championships you're aiming for for next year. Nope. Uh, first race in the when's your next race? Ah uh, boy, I don't know. Have to see the schedules. We were talking. I hear there's a race on uh, on January first at Sandusky Speedway that this guy in a late model usually wins every year. A little competition might be nice. Uh, I don't know if Ron needs any competition there. <laughs> I our cars usually in about a thousand pieces at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well. I tried. Casey, by vocation, you're an engineer. Um, what What are your thoughts on, on the rules packages? We've been talking about this quite a bit. And where would you like to see some changes? Um, I'd like them to change. You know, they, they had all the rules with uh, the suspension stuff that they went to last year. To heard about PRI Showtime, where they tightened all that stuff up, and I Kind of, I don't know if I agree with all that too much because it kind of limits you. I'd say limit the number of shocks and things so the price doesn't go up, but still let people play with the cars a little bit. That and thing to tie the body rules down some more and actually tech them a little more. Because I mean, right now you go, to, we actually Oakshade techs cars, and you know you build a car for Oakshade body rules wise, and they're going to look at it. And you go to another race somewhere else, and they don't hardly check them. So you got to basically build a whole new car to go race somewhere else. So it'd be nice if everybody tried to, you know, tie the body rolls down and get rid of the gray area a little bit. Do you think the uh, the aero package uh, with these cars is is an issue, you know, like we were talking about with, with NASCAR where it's uh, taking a little bit of the driver's ability out and making the racing a, probably maybe a little less exciting than it, than it could be? I think it does on a bigger track, so yeah. I know it's places like Oakshade, I don't know if it does it there much, but... I'm sure it has some effect on it because, I mean, you knock the nose off at Oakshade and you're, you're out to lunch. So it does, and they need to, I mean, t- dial it back a little bit and make them more uniform across the fronts and, you know, all that stuff, get rid of the big Over wings. the past few weeks, uh, Rusty Schlenk was on, Brian Ruhlman was on our show, and Brian very much was in favor of knocking two or three inches off of the rear blade. Sure. Um, and Rusty was thinking very much about uh, letting some air get under the front of the car. Um, like you just said, knocking the nose off the car makes them virtually undrivable. And I think if if we allowed some air to be induced underneath, um, it would put some of the driver back in. And even on a short track like Oakshade, it's really beginning to make a huge, huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, your dad owns Performance Machine, a, a well-respected area engine shop, Um he was very strongly against the wide bore motors. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, they're extremely expensive, and 
more expensive to rebuild and all that stuff. And it, if you get rid of the, you get you get the body rules tied back and get rid of that stuff a little bit, you won't be able to use those motors anyway. So hopefully that stuff would come come back down. But you know, I don't think they should have done it in the first place. But there's so many of them out there now. I don't know how you can go back. Absolutely, it's 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 funny. Um, I was talking with Alan Blake, good friend of ours from from Australia, and uh, his son. Brad ran second in a, in a big race last weekend down under, and uh, he was beaten pretty soundly by a, a 525 crate motor, uh, and it was a sealed crate motor. Now, admittedly, the track was a little black, but uh, Alan said that Brad could keep up a little bit coming off the corner, but if they had a long green, uh, that 525 motor would almost half lap them. And, and Brad was running very respectable. The engine that's in their car is uh, a, a, a Steve, uh, Steve Francis motor that they just bought, uh, a legitimate 800-horsepower engine. So do you think there is a, a legitimate place for, like, a 525 motor? Yeah, I think on tracks that you can, that'll slow down like that, and there's, you know, it gets, it's going to get slick, and you can count on it getting slick towards the end of the race and or the end of the night when you're, you're competitive. It's probably better, honestly. I mean, you got all that horsepower, you can't use it. I mean, the band of oak shade features. Sometimes you get half, how many times have you, how many times <laughs> have you been half throttle? Most of the time, normally at the end yeah. of the features, that's all you get. It, I mean, you can't hardly get into it hardly at all. So, I mean, that, but there, it makes it racy. So, do you think uh, late model racing? as a whole is uh, getting getting out of hand as far as the expenses oh yeah for, for sure i mean i think a lot of it has to do with the body rules honestly just cuz they get so much downforce and everything you got to got to everything costs more i was otherwise. i was reading something the other day about uh, how we the remember the late models they used to be the wedges back in the 80s right. and they kind of got out of hand with the arrow on that and basically they reset and then they made Bob, the car short, Bob, shorter Bob and everything members, yeah Bob Memmer started the UMP Program are we are we at that point again where they've become wedge-like again and now we need to reset? I think they do. Um, my suggestion on getting air under the front of the cars was cut the eyebrows out where the headlights are now, uh, put some screen over that. Um, I just pictured one of those uh, Volkswagen Beetles with the eyelashes on the headlights. Oh, That's yeah. what you should do on your race car. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think that would solve the uh, front-end issue. And like Brian Ruhlman said, Cut the blades down a little bit, and uh, let's bring the drivers back in. Who's going to make this call? That's what I keep asking. You guys keep talking about it, but who's going to who's going to do that? Hopefully, we can get some people's ear at the PRI show, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Performance racing industry. It's a, a gigantic show. Uh, everybody that makes parts uh, in in racing industry whether it's oval track, road course, drag race, um, they will be there and uh, the sanctioning bodies will be there and hopefully we can get a few people's ear and I don't know. The, the, those, the changes that we have suggested uh, would need to be tested, but they're inexpensive changes that wouldn't cost virtually anything. Cheryl wants to know what makes a crate motor so quiet. It doesn't have any horsepower. Oh, okay. Well, actually, the uh, the the CT five twenty five, which is basically a, 
an LS1 based engine, 525 horsepower. Um, Are you you're a proponent of crate motors, aren't you? Would you like to see that that being enforced? Uh, yeah, you know, I I really would. Um, right now, you can buy one, pretty much race ready, uh, for eight thousand for under eight thousand dollars. What about you, Casey? Would you like to be forced to run a crate? No, but <laughs> but his dad builds <laughs> engines. There you go. He's it's a really fine line he's got to walk there. You have to say no, right? I would say no. Either. Okay. <laughs> I would like to see rules implemented that would make, like a CT five twenty five engine, competitive with, with a with with a completely built engine. Um, there are so many people that have big engines, built engines right now that to outlaw them would would take an awful lot of racers out of the out of the the equation. But uh, factor in something that would make the five twenty five engine competitive, uh, I, I think that would be a good thing. Uh, Brad Eitner uh, ran a 604 crate engine, which is only 375 horsepower. That's what he ran all this year and uh, was competitive almost all year. And Matt Shipley was running, uh, I he believe, had, a crate. Yeah, he had the 525 and engine. He, he was running with the American Ethanol Series. I believe he finished at least he finished pretty good in I, I that. I think second stand- or third, yeah. yeah. And uh, we're going to have him on the show next week so we can talk uh, some more about that. We're going to fix everything that's wrong with racing. Is that what we're going to do? If if anybody will listen, Scott. (laughs) So do you think, Casey, do you think if if something's not done that we're going to see less and less late model drivers? I mean, I don't know what they do. Maybe move to other classes or just... I I think we've been seeing it now. There's, I mean, Oche used to, when I first started Oche, they were, a slow light would be 35 or 40. Scott, when yeah, you started when you started announcing at Oakshade, uh, typically forty cars, sometimes sometimes near fifty for a regular race, which is nice every once in a while. But for special yeah. events, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the I think we're good where we're at the, now. The twenty five or twenty eight cars, thirty cars, it's very manageable. It gives a a good B main. And but some gives, tracks are still struggling to to fill a full feature. Most most, most tracks are struggling. 15, 18 cars. Now, where are all the late model drivers going? Are they moving to different, dropping to sportsmen or just quitting altogether? Or? Fishing. Fishing. That is a much slower sport. Much slower. When did you say your next race is, Casey? Next year, sometime. Next year. Sometime. You don't know when, when you're going to no. kick off the season? Depends on when the schedules come out. Yeah, normally... Any thoughts? Normally get to Eldora first, I think. If your car wasn't in a, a thousand pieces or a million, I don't remember how many. Thousand. thousand. If it wasn't in, in the thousand pieces, would you uh, consider running the uh, the show at uh, Gateway in St. Louis? Uh, probably not because I'm out of vacation time. So. Oh. <laughs> that plays a factor. I usually use Late model drivers have, you, you guys have like regular jobs? Unfortunately, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't pay well just to drive. <laughs> For me anyway. <laughs> Crazy. So, all right. We got kind of quite a mess going on over I'm, there, Mr. Miller. I'm thinking Miller. that can's got a leak. There's something. You got a leak. You're going to have to take that to your engine builder and get that fixed. We'll, we'll get it cleaned up. So, all right. We have the technology. Absolutely. Casey, we appreciate you coming in. Um, anything else uh, you want to get off your chest about anything? How <sighs> no. about sponsors? sponsors. Uh, obviously, uh, performance engineer or yep. performance machining. Performance machining, my dad, of course. Um, got a new fire suit this year. I got to thank Everett 
Tim, my wife's, uh, my, my father-in-law's company, Tom Pest Control, bought me a new fire suit for next year, so i got to thank them. Um, you know, family, friends, wife, everybody comes out and supports us every week. got to thank everybody that comes out. Somebody asked if, uh, if you've always driven a number one car. I was double zero for a little while. My dad's number when he started, and then we switched over to one. That was my grandpa's number. So and your cousin it. still runs the number double, double zero, zero, right? Yep. yep. It fits well with the last name, so. I get it, yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> N-O-O. Yeah. Yep. The one doesn't really fit in there, though. Yeah. I think maybe the KC, yeah. there's no real, the E kind of turn that around, make it capital, it's a three. That's the decal guy's got to figure that stuff oh. out. Oh, are you going to be running the same? You were running a, a black car toward that the end of the our, year, right? Yeah, we have a, a rocket that we won that Brian Ruman put up uh, a couple years ago when we finished second points. We got that car. My dad and Bert, I didn't think Bert, I probably should do that. Bert's the one to take care of my car all week for me. <laughs> he don't does for, all the work. For, don't forget the crew. I know. Bert, Bert's the crew. Chad, too. He comes out when he can. But Bert's the tire guy, the car washer, the crew chief, the, you know, everything else in between. So I got to thank Bert. But Bert and my dad put that car together um, over the over the year, basically. It's got four races on it. We're trying to sell it, but. We put it together to sell, but we ran it at Attica every time we raced there, and then we ran it at the end of the year at uh, Oakshade, the topless race. So, so are you going to be, is your new car next year going to be your typical colors, white and red? Yeah, that's the okay. plan anyways, unless we change, but I think we're probably going to Unless a sponsor comes on board and says, hey, we'd like it to be whatever. It be yeah. whatever color it wants to be at that point. Absolutely. <laughs> Have you had any uh, a feuds at, at the track, any tracks? No. No, no fisticuffs. No, you're like I'm the nice calm, guy. Of, back you're like that. the nice guy of racing. I mean, you're, I mean, like, uh, I, I, I don't think anybody hates you or anything. But oh, I no. never hear anybody boo you and you win. And you know, Rusty gets some boos and he gets lots of cheers. But then there's you and it's like nobody Yay. ever boos him. Yeah, I, I don't win enough. Maybe is that what it is? Probably. Once you start, I, I think that's Would you welcome true. the boos if you sure. did start? Okay, if, if Those that's, folks if that's paid the again. reason. Then yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right, coming up uh, this weekend, I mentioned Milan's got their test and tune Saturday, Sunday. That's their last event of the year. You've been trying to get a drag racer on. Uh, hopefully, we'll get one on here. We're working on that. A couple and, weeks. Uh, and Greg Rowe before the PRI show. Oh, yes. Greg Rowe, uh, owner. Owner. It, it, I, I don't know what it, everything titles, I guess, is of uh, Millstream Speedway down in. Uh, owner, promoter. Finley. Um he vows that they will be opening spring of 2018. And we'll have him on with the full scoop as soon as he gets something solidified. Right. There's I'm probably, there, there, there is a race series that he's negotiating with that he will be partnered up with somebody, and that's as much as I'm at liberty to say. All righty then. Uh, mentioned the Montpelier Motor Speedway. Monster Mash 11 will now take place on November 18th. That's, they got to start calling that the turkey bash. They really the turkey do. Bash. Way too late. Way too the, late the, for The Halloween. monsters have rotted, and now it's the turkey bash. That's it. I like it. If I offered you my car, would you drive my car there? Yep. I'd, sure. rather, I'd rather drive it. <laughs> but that's, uh, they're going to have uh, modified Super Streets, Thunder Cars, front-wheel drive compacts, and mod lights are still the classes. And, again, I believe they're starting over with a, uh, a full new show. That's that's what they have said. And I think they're, uh, I read they're honoring uh, their, their wristbands, pit passes, tickets, Correct. whatever. So, 
So if you were there last time, you got some extra racing, and you get to do more racing. But but it doesn't cost you anymore. But if you weren't there, they'll still let they'll take your money and and let you come in, uh, either on the grandstands or the pits. Yeah. So let's hope for pretty nice of them. Let's hope for sixty-five and sunny. Yeah. At least it's, it's, it was not this weekend, because this weekend's supposed to be butt cold. Absolutely. Um, and really, that's uh, other than the Gateway Dirt Nationals coming up in December, the 14th through the 16th, at the Dome of America Center in St. Louis, featuring Modifieds and Late Models. That's uh, pretty much it for the rest of the year. Talking with Rusty Schlenk today, he'll definitely be at Gateway. The, he's, the... he's got an extra car, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Still, it's tough on the vacation. Oh, that's the I know, it's tough. Isn't it a, what is the 14th through the 16th, isn't that a weekend? How are we doing, on sick, how are we doing yeah. on sick time, Casey? Yeah. Well, I work, hey, you, it's, it's all the same, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's starting to come down with something. Yeah. I use it all up already, most oh. of it. So. <laughs> Do you use any of it up during the summer? Um, yeah. For for racing, though? All of it. For racing purposes. Yeah. Oh, How's your wife feel about that? Well, this year she didn't mind too much because we actually took a week and went to Maryland. So oh. this is the first year we've Did you do any racing in Maryland? I did not. We okay. took a summer vacation because we were going to miss uh, miss a race for Oakshade because my sister got married. So we weren't going to run for points. So we went and Oakshade rained out anyway. So it worked out okay for me. <laughs> Where did you finish the fifth in points, I believe, this year? Yeah. Not bad. No? Not bad. You've been up in, in the points battle the past uh, few years. So maybe next year. Maybe. You'll get your Maybe second. Else. You've already got it. I mean, that's you've already accomplished champion at Oakshade. So, I mean, what more do you have to prove? Sure. <laughs> How about an Attica championship? I don't run very well there, so probably not going to happen. <laughs> Practice makes perfect, right? <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh, that's all I got, Mr. Miller. You got anything? Uh, next week, uh, we'll be talking to uh, Matt Shipley and uh, maybe try and get a few more. Oh, yeah. We've we've definitely got two or three uh, budget racers coming. Budget racing, yeah. How to race a late model on a budget. That's it. Or street stock or whatever. Yeah. We're going to cover it. You're going to get those rules changed. When's uh, PRI? Do you know the dates on that? December 6, 7, and 8. So that's the weekend before Gateway then, right? Yep. It's the weekend after Oakshade's banquet. banquet. Oh, and it, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All right. Well, so sometime between then... Or now and then, we should have Greg Rowe on then with a, an update for... Uh, pretty exciting. We're we're getting pretty close. We'll have that exclusive for you right here on the Hammer Down Racing Report. And don't forget, we will not be here on Thanksgiving Thursday. Correct. Next week will be our... Yeah, we'll be here next Thursday. Thursday after that. We're going to be... Taking a week off because... Getting fat and eating turkeys. None of us are going to be prepared to talk on our radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, that's all I got. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week, seven o'clock, Facebook Live. Don't forget to uh, uh, follow us on uh, iHeartRadio, the Hammer Down Racing Report. Do a search for that under podcasts, and uh, and you can listen to us, to us anytime you want, twenty four seven. And if you're like me, you could uh, put that uh, app on your phone right here and connect it to your car stereo via Bluetooth. You can drive down the road, listen to the Hammer Down Racing Report. Wow. And I know this is pretty techie for you, but... No, not really. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, 
a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.